In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. We'll come once again from our Sunday school lessons. And um, I'm telling you all, these Sunday school lessons are good. They are good. And I hope that you got uh, your books. Uh, the books are available. They, they're, they're actually free. <laughs> and they're on, they're on the church. I mean, it's good material. Make sure that you pick up one and get one and, uh, and, and begin to read these lessons. This is coming from lesson two of our summer quarter. And uh, it's coming from Judges, the sixth chapter. And I'll read um, that portion of scripture for you. Man, it is Judges, the sixth chapter, verses 25 through 32. Now, on the same night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold in an orderly manner. Take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was torn down, and the Asherah, which was beside it, was cut down. And the second bull was offered on the altar which had been built. They said to one another, who did this thing? And when they searched about and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, did this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die for he has torn down the altar of Baal and indeed he has cut down the Asherah which was beside it. And Joash said to all who stood against him, will you contend for Baal or will you deliver him? Whoever will plead for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him contend for himself, because someone has torn down his altar. Therefore, on that day, he named him Jerubel. That is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he had torn down his altar. <laughs> wow. You know, I read a, a short story this week, and this short story was about bravery and courage. It, 
it, it said that a coward or a cowardly person came to a master of martial arts and asked him to teach him bravery. And the master looked at him and said, I will teach you only with one condition. One month you will have to live in a big city and tell every person that you meet on your way that you are a coward. And you will have to say loudly, openly, and looking straight in their eyes. Well, the man looked and he thought about it and then he, he, he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. At first, when he met passerbys, he, he, he kind of whispered it and quailed and, and lost his speech and couldn't contact anyone, you know, eye contact with anyone. And then all of a sudden, by the way he just kept doing it, all of a sudden, his voice sounded louder and, and more confident with every passing day. The person came back to the master and, and bowed to him and said, thank you, teacher. Thank you. I finished your task. Now I'm not afraid anymore. But how did you know that this strange task would help me? And the master said, by doing the things that scare us, we can destroy the stereotypes. In other words, if you want to make bravery a part of yourself, you need to move forward into the fear. Then the fear will go away and bravery will take its place. Courage. Courage. I remember Wizard of Oz when I was younger. And there was the scarecrow, right? And the tin man. And then all of a sudden you had the cowardly lion. And the cowardly lion, I mean, I used to laugh so hard when he sung and danced and and they, and they basically said to him, what do you want? And he said, courage. Right? Had a whole song about if I were a king. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Courage. Well, today that's exactly what we're talking about once again from the Sunday school lesson material. They want to, they want to tackle this, this subject of courage. And right off the bat, as I told you last week in the Sunday School material that the expositor chief editor wrote this. The Christian life is not for the faint of heart. God calls his people to be people of courage. Simply trusting him takes courage. We must step out of our safe havens of comfort and follow him wherever he leads. The kingdom of God has no room for cowards. The other writer wrote this, it takes faith in God to do the things he has called us to do. So last week, our first faith-filled and courageous example was Joshua 
Well, this week, our second courageous example, if you dare to call him courageous, is our inadequate feeling, Gideon. Gideon. And I'm sure there are some past and present Gideons in the audience today. And I'm quite sure that it can be a quick recall to remember moments when you felt when you felt inadequate, right? When you felt deficient, when you felt like a failure, when you felt weak, when you felt hopeless. I'm quite sure that all of us are familiar with those type of feelings. Yet, God looked upon Gideon and he looks upon us and he says, just what I need. Just what I need to get the job done. Amen. So today, through this scripture passage, I hope you'll all be encouraged and know three things. I want you to remember three things. Sacrifice, service, stand. Sacrifice, service, and stand. Amen. Sacrifice, service, and stand. So let's get a little background, if we will, because as you see, we started in the 24th chapter of the 25th verse of the sixth chapter of Judges. So there were some things that occurred prior to that. So prior to today's text, in the 11th chapter, if you were to look there, you would see that in the 11th chapter of, in the 11th verse, rather, of the sixth chapter of Judges, the Lord spoke to Gideon, and Gideon was hiding from the enemy. He was hiding from the enemies. There was this type of room, uh, a secluded wine press room, and he was trying to separate wheat from chaff in a private room because he was scared of the enemy. He was afraid that the enemy would take his food. So he was hiding from them. And yet the Lord said in the 12th verse of that sixth chapter, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. In other words, the Lord is with you, you brave, oh, courageous man, you, you hiding and trying to make sure the enemy don't steal your food. The Lord is with you. You courage, you full of courage, man, you. And yet it goes on to say in the 14th verse of that sixth chapter, the Lord looked at him and said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of the Midian. Have I not sent you? And of course, if you read on, you'll see that Gideon had all kinds of excuses. He was just like Moses. He was full of excuses as to why he wasn't the man of the hour. And yet in the 16th verse, it says, but the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Now this was followed by God showing Gideon a sign. And this sign was basically God had touched a rock with a staff and with his staff and, and then fire came from the rock and it consumed Gideon's offer, offering and then boom, the Lord just vanished right in front of Gideon's eyes. 
And now that takes us to the 25th chapter, I mean, 25th verse. And it says in this 25th verse, it says, Now on the same night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and a second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal which belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah that is beside it. 26, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this stronghold in an orderly manner and take a second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut. What a day. What a day for Gideon. Earlier in the day, God not only appeared to him and talked to him, but had shown this miracle by 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 basically touching his staff, uh, uh, touching a rock with his staff and fire coming from it and then disappear in front of him. But later on that day, the Lord comes back and says, I need for you to do something else. I need for you to go and tear down this, this contraption, this altar that they built to a false god named Baal. And, and by the way, I want you to tear down what they what they built up for Baal's girlfriend, too. Tear it all down, right? Tear it all down. And in the place that, that, that Gideon lived, by the way, was named Oprah. Oprah, not Oprah, but Oprah. And Oprah means place. That's what it means, the place. So in that place, folks were serving a false god named Baal, serving this false god's girlfriend, uh, Asherah, right? And, and God instructed Gideon to tear down the altar to Baal and whatever they had erected for his girlfriend too, right? So more than likely, Baal wasn't worshipped just by the townspeople. He was also worshipped more than likely by Gideon's father too. And Gideon even may have been in on the worship. It was on his father's property and on his father's grounds, right? And what a very real fact that we're dealing with here. See, the first thing first, and this is the thing that you should note, you need to sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. See, Gideon needed to make sure that he right? Got it right within himself first, right? He needed to sweep around his own front door before he called himself sweeping around other folks' front door. Amen? And, and, and that's what God did. God said, I, I need to make sure that you're right first, Gideon, because see, I'm, I'm, I need to make sure that you are willing to make the proper sacrifice, Amen. And like I said, in verse 26, God told him not only to tear down the altar that was to the false God, but God told him to build another altar, right? Build an altar to the Lord your God on top, on top of this stronghold. In other words, I want you to build it high where everybody could see, right? And I don't want you to be careless with this altar either. I want you to build it in an orderly manner. See, what we replace, 
what we replace when we sweep around our own front door, what we replace in our hearts, our hearts are that it's, they're the altar that God uses. And, and that's the new heart that the, the new heart that the Lord put in us. And that's the new altar that we will sacrifice on. And we got to sacrifice those things that we are trying to hold on to in order to live right for him. Amen. Like Gideon, we must tear down these idols and the and we got to sacrifice them on the altar of our new hearts. On of our new hearts. Listen to what 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 Worsby said. Worsby said this: Before we can be successful warriors, we must first become sincere worshipers. You hear that? You hear that? Before we can be successful warriors, we must first become sincere worshipers. See, a lot of folks want to go out there and, and fight, and, and you're not clear who team they're on yet. Right? Lord, you got my back, and you don't even know if they're really on God's team. First, sweep around your own front door before you try to end up correcting others and sweeping around theirs. Gideon thought this assignment was a huge assignment. He thought it was a huge assignment, but the truth is, God, this was just the first step because God had something bigger and greater for Gideon to accomplish, right? And, and we've got to understand that we have to first sacrifice those things that we are holding on to before God can use us like he wants to use us. Like we must love him more than we fear being alone. We have to love him more than we fear being alone. We have to love him more than we fear family and friends. We have to love him more than being concerned about being the oddball about being talked about. We have to love him more than those concerns that we have. We got to put them on the altar. See, there's no, no room for, for, for this word that I learned this week, syncretism. There's no room for syncretism, meaning the blending of two religions and the blending of two beliefs, trying to hold on to your old life and yet proclaim you got a new life. There's no time for that. No, God says, I'm exclusive. If you are with me, you're with me. Amen. You're with me. And it's time to sacrifice. We got to sacrifice because why? Because there's a job to do. And that's the service. And from 27 all the way to verse 30, we look at this service. And, and Gideon said, then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid, because he was too afraid, right, of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was torn down, and the Asherah, which was beside it, was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar which had been built. See, after the sacrifice, it comes the moment of service. 
it comes service. And we got to be like Isaiah. We must be like Isaiah. Isaiah in the sixth chapter, in the eighth verse, it says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. How many of us are in a position where we're saying, Here am I, Lord, send me. Now, notice that, that Gideon completed the task without the release or removal of fear. Notice that he completed the task without the removal of fear. See, courage is not so much the absence of fear than it is doing it in spite of fear. You hear me? It, it, courage is not so much the absence of fear than it is the doing in spite of fear, right? In, in spite of fear. Look at what Gideon may have uh, uh, had on his mind, right? He could have had a, a, a New Testament scripture, uh, a New Testament concept that is built in a scripture on his mind at that time. Because remember how the Lord said in Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 53, they will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. See, see, when you are serving and standing for God, God says, I'm exclusive. You're going to have to stand for me in spite of family. You're going to have to stand for me in spite of enemies. Whatever is before you, hey, I am there with you always, but you got to stand with me. And Gideon had a real fear, but he also had a real God. He had a real fear, but he also had a Real God. Amen. And, and, and here's another interesting thing that I thought of. Nowadays, everyone wants to be different. Everyone wants to be different. They are, they are brave enough to be their own individual. Right? That's why you see all kinds of decorative stuff on people. Right? And I won't name anything specifically because somebody might think I'm, I'm picking on them. But they got all kinds of things, and they're done up all kinds of ways because they're trying to be different, right? They, 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 got the, they got the wherewithal to want to be different, but here's the interesting thing. A lot of Christians don't want to be peculiar. A lot of Christians don't want to be peculiar. Like in, in, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 9 says, a, a people that are that's peculiar. And you know what that word peculiar means? Uh, a people for God's own possession. They don't want it to be known that they belong to God. They don't want to, they want to be an individual, but they don't want to be peculiar. My goodness. My God, right? So, so, so there comes a time where you got to sacrifice. Then there comes a time where you got to activate that to service, right? And then once you do that, you need to stand. You got to stand. And that's what he did. He, he, he stood. Uh, Gideon stood. But, but here's the interesting thing that we see in verse 31. It says, but Joash 
said to all who stood against him. Against who? Against Gideon. Because remember, when they found out that it was Gideon that tore down everything, and more than likely, they found out that it was Gideon because one of those 10 dudes that he went and tore down the altar with, one of them snitched on him more than likely, right? And, and they went and, and told that Gideon was the one that, that did it. And when they found out, they wanted to kill Gideon. They wanted to kill him. And so then Joash is... Gideon's father, and he comes and he addresses this angry crowd. And he says, but Joash said to all who stood against him, will you contend for Baal or will you deliver him? In other words, he was, he was saying, wait a minute, you have a God? You have a God that you need to deliver? You have a God that you need to, 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 to like, take his back? To have his back? No, if, if he's a real God, he should have his, his own back, right? And, and guess what? The, the, the scripture says, and guess what? We're just talking about one person. You mean Baal can't get with one person and a gang of y'all have to come and, and, and get with Gideon because Baal can't get with one person? What kind of God do you serve? What kind of God do you serve, right? And it's twisted, right? And here's the other twist that's pleasant. See, when you stand for God, right, when you, when you sacrifice for him and when you serve him, God can make things work out like you never thought they would work out, right? He can make it work out like you never thought that it would work out. Here's Gideon at night trying to tear down something, right, because he's scared that his father would react in the wrong way. But yet, here's a situation where God touches his father's heart, and then his father stands for him in the midst of all the people that are angry. That's how God does it, right? If you, if you sacrifice for him and you serve him, he can also touch the heart of your family, he can touch the heart of your friends. He can, he can work miracles in your life just through your obedience, just through your obedience. Amen. See, more than likely, this was uh, uh, Joash's property. He may have had a very important role in the, in the uh, worship of Baal. It was on his property, and some folks, some commentaries say he may have been the groundskeeper, but yet when he saw what had occurred, he said, wow, Baal must not be a god. And if he is a god, he ain't a good one because he can't even take his own back. He can't even take his, he can't take up for himself. And, and, and somehow Joash said, you know, I'm going to stand with my son on this one. Where Gideon thought that, that his father may stand against him, actually his father stood beside him. What a testimony in letting us know that God can work it out amazingly <laughs> and unlike we thought, unlike we could think. Amen. And, and here's the other thing. Gideon got a new name. He ended up getting a new name out of all this. He, get, he got a new name, and his name was Drubabel. Drubabel, meaning the one who fights with Baal. 
the one who fights against Baal, right? And, and it's interesting because, see, uh, it, it reminded me when I was studying, I said, wow, you know, there's a hymn that says, I, I got a new name, written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. See, God has given all of us a new name. When we sacrifice for him and we serve him and we stand with him, you have a new name as well, right? See, all of those folks that you knew in your former life and they called you Buki and Puki and Riri and Roro and Ray Ray. See, God has given you a new name right now. He's given you a new name. I mean, some people may have called you some stuff that wasn't nice as well. They may have called you dirty Harry and, and sorry so-and-so and no good whatever and nappy-headed this and that and nerd this and, and drunk bum and, and poor and nasty. They may have called you a little of everything, but then God has a way of where you don't even have to take your defense. But people have seen the change in your life and they began speaking for you. And, and, and they began to quote, for example, they began to quote Galatians, that second chapter in that 20th verse, for you. And, and, and they began to say, uh, you know, for through the law, uh, she died, right? And, and, and now uh, he, she lives a life for God. See, see she, she's been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer her who lives, but it's Christ that lives in her. And, and the life which she now lives in the flesh, right, she now lives by faith in the Son of God who loved her and gave himself for her. See, now your name is not Mookie and Pookie and Riri and Ray Ray and whatever else. Now, all of a sudden, God has changed your name. And guess what people call you now? They call you blessed. They call you chosen. They called you an adopted son. They call you, they call you redeemed. They call you forgiven. They call you a co-heir with Christ. You have all spiritual blessings that you need just because you were sacrificial, just because you are in service, and because you stood in the victory that God gave you. You're no longer what you used to be. See, see, the enemy loves to bring those people that knew you win around because he wants you to keep hearing what you were so you won't do what God needs you to do now. So he wants those people to continue to echo those, those negative things into you. And, and he, you, you know, you, you know you, you, I remember you. I remember you. Look at you. You probably cleaned up a little bit right now. Look at you. You're talking like you got sense, but I remember when. I remember when. And they don't want that to go. They never want you to let that go. I, you remember when so-and-so, and you did so-and-so, and you did, and you did that, you did, and you did this too. You remember that. You remember that dirt. You remember that dirt. Right? And then all of a sudden, they want to have you locked in that moment in time in which you did not live for God, and they want to get you off the mission. The mission that you are on now. See, that what you were before, hey, guess what? 
that has no hold on you right now. You need to let that go so God can use you for what he wants to use you for now. Let it go, Riri. Let it go. Let it go, Pookie. Let it go. God needs to do something with you because now you're chosen. You're redeemed. He has given his son for you. Let that stuff go, Pookie. Let it go. It is time to live for him. And here's the question. Do you want to live for him? Do you want to live for him? I mean, are people getting mixed up because they're trying to see a, a a life of syncretism. They're seeing an inconsistent life. Is that why folks are still trying to remind you of who you were because you're acting like you used to act? Is, is that what's going on? And is that, is that mixing them up right now? Or, or have you given all on the altar? Have you given all on the altar and there's no mixing it up? I am for God. He is mine and I am his. What is the truth? Do you want to live for him today? Do you want to walk with him today? Do you, do you want to serve him? Do you, do you want to sacrifice? Are there things that you find yourself, I just can't let it go. I just can't let it go right now. I mean, I love him, but I, I can't let him go. Oh, I can't let him go. Uh-uh, because that means I might, be, I might be by myself. I might be alone. Right? I heard you. Oh, by, oh, by myself. <laughs> right? I just can't let, I, you know, I just can't let, I can't let her go. God got something for you to do, and he's saying, I need for you, but I can't sacrifice this one. I can't sacrifice this. I can't let this go. And God is basically saying, it's decision time. It's time for you to make a decision. I got greater things for you to do. But I need for you to be a sincere worshiper first. I need for you to let go. I need for you to let go. It's just like that, that like I told you all several times before. It's just like that old monkey trap, right? And it's just like that monkey trap. They made this trap for monkeys, and basically they put a piece of fruit in a, in a box, right? And when the monkey stuck his paw in it, he couldn't get it out if he kept grabbing onto the fruit. But in order to just go freely, all the monkey had to do was let go of the fruit. That's all he had to do. But that monkey would not let go of the fruit. Are you like that monkey where you just can't let go of the fruit so that you can be free? free to do more things for God, free to serve him, free to, to be more like him, I challenge you all today to sacrifice so that you can be in service for him. And once you're in service for him, you will be able to stand in victory. God needs folks to serve him today, but he needs right folks to serve him. 
they need to do some sacrificing first. And then once they do the sacrificing and then service, God will have you stand in victory. He will not leave you alone. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Amen. And if you do decide this day to serve him, we will have folks immediately after service here to help guide you through that. And for those who are out in Zoom, please contact us. We are available. Our information is online, and we ask that you uh, contact us right away. But don't let this moment pass you by. You are not promised. <laughs> Tomorrow's not promised to you. Choose ye this day who you will serve. God bless you. Turn it over to hospitality.